You're listening to the Ideal Life Club podcast, episode 53. Welcome to the Ideal Life Club podcast, where it's all about fast-tracking your ideal life. Join your host, life coach, and author of The Happiness Habits Transformation, Michelle Reeves, for inspiration and practical tips to finally claim success on your terms with clarity, confidence, and the courage to unleash your passion on the world. Hey there, Michelle here, and welcome back to the Ideal Life Club podcast. Okay, so if you're a regular listener, you'll know that one of my goals for this podcast is to share real life stories of women who have overcome challenges to live their ideal life or help others to do just that. My aim with these interviews is to inspire you to find your passion, step out into your power, set yourself exciting goals and know that you have the strength inside you to overcome your challenges and start living your ideal life. And I think now more than ever, we need that inspiration, don't we? Today, I'm joined by one of the loveliest and wisest women I've had the pleasure to meet over the past year. Kate Evans is an image consultant and life coach with over 14 years experience helping her clients to look, feel and be the most confident and effective version of themselves. Following a background in teaching and interior design, Kate had her colours done and loved having a plan to work with when she was choosing her own clothes. Knowing what styles and colours suited her made shopping for outfits so much easier. In fact, she loved it so much she trained as an image consultant and made it her business. You'll, in our interview, you'll hear how following a personal crisis in her family, Kate had to accelerate her business way faster than she was expecting to and is now fully booked out months in advance. You'll hear her personal rant about fashion influences and if you're someone who's interested in diversifying your income and pivoting into different channels, you will love listening to Kate share how as well as working with one-to-one clients, she now runs an online membership program for people who want instant help and advice as well as working with corporations, helping their employees tap into the transformative power of a carefully considered working wardrobe, dress professionally and in a style that's aligned with how their company wants to be represented. You'll also hear about the six daily habits and practices Kate uses to keep herself productive while working from home. And of course, I had to take the opportunity to pick Kate's brain for her top tips to overcome the challenges that we, as business owners, have dressing to represent our own brands. She has some great advice you don't want to miss here. And we also talk about what happens if you make a change like cutting your hair, something close to my heart right now, which you'll know if you follow me over on Instagram. As always, I will share all the links that we mentioned on this episode on my show notes page at michellereevescoaching.com forward slash listen. But before we get started, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Happiness Habits Transformation. And I have a question for you. What if your routine made you happier every single day? In this book, I urge us all to take a moment to rebuild our daily routine to one that serves us, one habit at a time. This is the perfect book for you if you've been promising yourself that this is the year you finally put yourself on your to-do list first, particularly now. Through my personal experience of depression and how I rebuilt my life through a combination of eight simple happiness habits, I show you how you can create a simple routine with time to focus on you, relieve yourself from the habit of negativity, boost your self-esteem and importantly dream and plan out your biggest and most exciting goals. Think of it as laying a new foundation, paving the way for sparkle, success and more happiness. The Happiness Habits Transformation is available now from Amazon Globally. Okay, back to today's show and my chat with Kate Evans. So Kate, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Obviously, we've got to know each other over the last, well, I don't know, few months and it's been an absolute pleasure to get to know you. Um, So I'm really excited to be on the show today and I know there's going to be lots that you're going to be able to help um, my listeners with. Um, Image consultant and coach, such an exciting profession. 
tell us a bit about your background though, because you haven't always done what you're doing now. How did you come to this profession? All oh, right. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for asking me to come on. I'm really honoured and uh, yeah, feels exciting. So where have I got, where have I been? So I started out my career as a teacher. Um, I trained in London and taught in London for four years, but came, became a bit bogged down with it. Um, I became a bit of a sort of special needs teacher. And well, I used to put all the kids with the additional needs in my class. And so it, it just became pretty challenging. I was really young and I just thought, well, I can always come back to teaching, but I just needed to have a bit of a break. So I came out and um, was working in interior design. And while I was doing that, I had my colors done and just found it absolutely amazing. I've never been somebody who was really into fashion. Um, weirdly, the other day I had a client come to see me who we worked out we were at school together. And as she got out of the car, you could see she recognized me. And then you can probably see her just thinking, yeah, but you weren't really cool at school. You weren't stylish at all. <laughs> so I was never somebody coming at this from needing to feel really stylish. I just loved the fact that if you knew what to do and you knew what colors and cuts and styles etc work for you it made life just so much easier when you were shopping i'm the kind of person who sort of i like to know what to do i like a plan i might like to know sort of what's required of me and so so therefore training to be an image consultant just felt like a really natural thing to do because while i was working in interior design and love the creativity of it actually what really floats my boat is people and and so being an image consultant you get to work obviously with a huge range of people and everybody has very different needs and that's the skill is to be able to apply your knowledge um to their needs so yeah i trained to be an image consultant set up my business in london but worked alongside setting it up in i worked for different companies alongside it to give me a sort of base income and um, because obviously when you set up a business it takes a while to really start to get going and then once we moved out of London to the Cotswolds, um, I essentially had no friends and no life because I didn't know anybody there and my husband was still working in London. And I thought that would be a good opportunity to train then to be a coach because inevitably when people come and see you for your services and as an image consultant, they talk to you about very personal things. So for example, their husband might have had an affair, so their confidence is at rock bottom, or their children might have left home and they're feeling totally at sea with what they now do, or they've been through the menopause and therefore feeling hormonally all over the place. And I felt really frustrated that I couldn't help, well, I wasn't qualified to help them with those more emotional levels. Um, it felt a bit it's a trite when they would pour their heart out to me and then I'd sort of it very sympathetically saying I'm so sorry and then say to them anyway so we're going to talk about different shirt styles it just felt, <laughs> just felt too shallow and so and I'm not meaning that anybody who's never consultant is shallow but just for me I wanted to do something a bit deeper so that's why I then trained to be a coach and um, so I trained 11 years ago um, and set up my business and I thought the coaching was just going to be just um, working with private individuals alongside my image consultancy work. And um, yeah, it didn't really, it hasn't really evolved like that. I, I um, it's just, yeah, I mean, I've, I've done mass, huge projects for massive multinational banks. I work for law firms, um, oh, pharmaceutical companies. It's so bizarre because I'm so not corporate. I literally, it makes, it makes my skin crawl, well not skin crawl corporate life, but as in there's so much of it that I feel I want to rebel against. Um, I'm not particularly good at conforming and saying the right thing exactly the right time. I find the environment just makes me want to just sort of almost come out with threats. And so it feels extraordinary that I'm working in corporate environment, but actually I guess what my USP is, is that I'm really, and I'm, I'm putting my hands up like in inverted commas, I'm normal in the sense of, I just speak in normal speak. And you come in and you're like a breath of fresh air in an environment which can so often overcomplicate things and have so many systems and acronyms and, and teams and, and it's so complicated. And actually as a coach, so often what you're needing to do is come in and see the whole situation and just say, right, well, this is, this is the problem. How are we going to sort it out? And actually just simplify the whole thing. And I think that's why, weirdly, I've ended up doing more in the corporate environment because that's my skill. Um, making things which seem really complicate, complicated, helping them actually feel more straightforward and helping people to see how they can fix an issue. 
Um, so yeah, so now I essentially work with companies as well as private individuals for coaching and image work as well. So the image work, I do lots of lecturing at universities. I go and um, lecture students who are going out into the big wide world and they want to know how to feel really good about themselves and how to feel really clear about who they are and what their values are, and what their personal brand values are, so that when they go for interview, they are really showcasing the whole of them, not just their educational acumen. Um, so there you go. That probably wasn't a very quick way of saying it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my goodness, you have so many strings to your bow. It's, it's just incredible how your business has developed and grown. And what I love, I think most about it is how um, authentically and organically it's grown. So you haven't kind of forced it to go uh, one way or another. It's just kind of evolved that way, which, yeah. is, which is fantastic and obviously feels you know, right for you and has developed and grown as, as you have developed and grown with the different, you know, skills that you've taken on and, and, and worked on. So that's just fantastic. I particularly love how um, you knew that you wanted to earn a certain income per month, because also all too often, you know, we go into business and think, oh, I definitely want to start a business and I want to help people, but maybe don't think about some of the nuts and bolts around, actually, we need to make a profit, otherwise we're not in business. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, this is all slightly pointless. Yeah, totally. I mean, when any client, I mean, I work a lot with small businesses as well. Um, a lot of women particularly approach me when they're starting out their business. And so one of the first things I say to them is, what do you need to earn? And they, they pretty much all go, I don't know. So that's one of the first things I do with them alongside helping them create their vision and their discipline diary, et cetera, et cetera, is really helping them work out right. So what are your costs? As in, what do you, what are you responsible for paying for each month? Whether you are in a marriage, in a, in a relationship, or whether you're single, everybody has responsibilities every month and what they have to pay for. So that is your bottom line. That's what you've got to earn. And therefore, how are you going to do it? And so I work that out very quickly um, well, not so much when my, when my kids were really little, I was, I was literally just sort of working ad hoc. Whereas three years ago, my husband's business went bust. And so I had to really step up and help him and support him. And so it was at that point that I, that's when I worked out, right, well, this is what I have to earn each month. So how many clients do I have to see per month to be able to make that amount of money? And that's, and that's basically how I went about it. Wow, so you really had to step up quite quickly if oh my God, to grow your business. How did yeah. you how did you go from the smaller number of oh, clients to growing it? It it sort of coincided with my youngest starting school. So literally she started school in the September and I was like, right, okay, so I've got a bit of time and then suddenly boom, our life kind of just yeah, it was it was a tough time um for my husband and I. And so I um it and again it was at the same time I was asked to present at a big event in Cheltenham on can we it was called Can We Have It All? And I was asked to be on a panel alongside Mother Pucker and Cara Southers, who is a big blogger. And I don't know whether you've heard of Mother Pucker, she's an amazing woman. Um Anna White. Yes, yeah, and she, she's created something incredible for um, working parents and I, I was asked to not be on the panel with them about can we have it all and at the same time Instagram was really taking hold and so I met these two massive Instagrammers and was on a panel with them and was so honoured to be asked to be part of this event thinking my god clearly people think I have an opinion they want to listen to <laughs> I didn't think I did but it was amazing and so it kind of all coincided and, and that's when yeah, it really started to take off. I also, because I'm a trained teacher, I have no problem presenting. So it's very easy for me to go out and market myself doing something that is still a strength. So for so, so many people, presenting and getting out there is so hard, and I totally understand that. But I, it's always about playing to your strengths, and one of my strengths is presenting. So I thought, right, okay, it's, I can, if I can get in front of audiences, I can... Um, doing what I do and so that's what I did so I just went out and did lots of presentations um if you pick the right place you can even get paid to do the presentation so then you're actually being paid to do your marketing which again is a, a much safer way to do it um and then it just grows word of mouth and I guess with um Instagram and social media it's 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a very necessary evil. It is very it is it is very difficult to keep your boundaries in place with it, but it it certainly does really help you to grow your business. But it's much harder now. This was this was four years ago when it was a lot easier to get traction. Honestly, nowadays it's like three steps forward, four steps back with um growing your profile. So it is harder now. But yeah, it all kind of coincides at the same time. And isn't that just that's fantastic that you could take the skills that you built as a teacher effectively because we're not born presenters are we but you know obviously those skills that you developed as a teacher you pulled those forward into what you do now and I know certainly when I'm working with clients we tend to forget or they tend to forget some of the skills that they've had in whatever careers they've had often their second on their second or third career or maybe had a career break or or starting a business after having been corporate or doing a side hustle or whatever it is they tend to forget the strengths and skills and experiences that they've had and, and feel like they're almost starting from scratch but actually there are a lot of skills that we've probably developed over our lives that we can use to help us in our businesses when we're when we're first starting out would you agree Oh yeah, completely. I mean, the things I'm always saying to clients is do what brings you energy and do what you're good at. And if you can combine those two things, then you've kind of got your, your best job, essentially. So always think about what your strengths are and farm out your weaknesses, i.e. just get somebody, if, if you're in a position to be able to pay somebody else to do the things you can't do, then do it. Because I promise you, I have spent well, I'd say it probably took about, I mean, I've been doing what I'm doing now for 16 years, and I think it was probably only about two years ago, three years ago, where I really started paying other people to do things, like copywriting. I'm really dyslexic, and I find writing really, really hard, not literally writing, but it just takes me so long. Honestly, it's like pulling teeth, and oh, I just I hate it. And so then I just thought, right, I'm just going to get a copywriter. <laughs> I just pay somebody to do some copywriting for me. And it was just the most liberating feeling in the world. Um, I've tried to scrimp on websites and try and sort of do stuff myself. And it just looks rubbish. I then have to pay somebody more money to come and sort it out. So I'm now very happy to pay people to do what they're good at, to allow me to go out and do what I'm good at. And I'm, I'm fine with that now, but it took me a long time to make that decision. Oh, heck yes to that. Don't we feel like we need to do all the things? And I think there's a personality, <laughs> there's a personality Sorry. issue here as well. Um, I know personally, my personality type is I'm quite controlling in my personality. I like to be in charge of things. I like to, to know kind of everything. <laughs> That's my nature. So I have to be really careful about that because, you know, I just want to do it all. I want to learn how to do everything. And mm. I think when you're starting out, you do need to know a certain amount of everything yeah. Yeah. because that, you And know, you won't have the budget to be able to pay people. It is, no. it is, yeah, you've just got to say, it is part of the process. It is very, it's a very painful process, but it is part of it. And it's good to understand all parts of your business. But like I said, it's as it grows, you have to be ready to let go and, and let yourself, because if you keep doing something you're not very good at, it just absolutely crushes you all the time. I mean, when you're sitting in a room, I mean, I remember, oh, years ago, sitting in a room, literally cold calling people and just thinking, I literally want to just die, right? This is horrible. And it's not what I'm good at. And so therefore, yeah, it just, it can really suck the life out of you if you're doing it a lot. So, so yeah, just be kind to yourself. And when your business is at a stage where you can pay the professional, I'd really recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. Com completely agree with that. Kate, tell me um, a little bit about, um, you know, the, some of the hardest parts of business are not what we're talking about, actually. It's not that although technology can be difficult and social media is challenging, you know, often it's really the thoughts that are going on in our own heads that hold us back, isn't it? It's the mindset that we have. It's feeling like we're not as good as everybody else or, you know, why should anybody want to buy from us or listen to us? What, what are some of the kind of mindset challenges that, that you've had to deal with in your business? Um, I think sometimes people find it quite hard to understand what my job actually is. So a lot of the time they call me a stylist, which um, I find it's just it's just frustrating because it's not what I do so I think that's something that's quite hard when your initial job title confuses people um uh but no I think one of the hardest times I've had was when I was working on a project for a huge international bank and 
sort of I I did find it amazing that I was there as in I was like this is amazing so this is just little old me and I'm coaching a team in in a really well respected bank and um, the project I've been given I was working with individuals and the team to help them to be the most effective the most brilliant they can be at their job and they'd had various challenges that trying to help them to do this and so kind of I was brought in as a bit of a last resort Anyway, the project went really, really well, and um, it really worked by the fact, because of what I'd said to them is, you need to help people, individuals with individual support. You can't just do a training day and expect to get the same result. So, so the fact is that it worked because I was able to work with them all individually and support them all individually with their all individual needs. <laughs> Operative word there being individual. So um, it, it really worked. And I was presenting this back to their head of HR and giving them all the evidence of all the different, of, of what happened and the process, all with the coach's permission. I wasn't, I wasn't going against confidentiality. It was all a very open meeting saying, well, this is what we've been doing. This is what I've done. This is the result is now is sort of brilliant great and um he literally sat there the entire meeting and didn't say anything and got to the end and the one thing he said to me is um i think he picked up my business card and he looked at it and he said i think you need to take image consultant um off your card it's just really confusing for people and i just, <laughs> I just thought oh okay thanks for that <laughs> like what how is that relevant to what we're talking about and he just he just crushed me and I felt so demoralized after this brilliant meeting where it was so positive and the whole project had been so positive and yet he just took the question. And so I rushed home and thought, oh my goodness, I've got to create a different website. I've got to have a website just about coaching and nothing to do with the image consultancy side because everybody just thinks, obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and so that's what I did. And actually, do you know what? That, I mean, that, that website is still there and I do sometimes use it, sometimes for um, clients where I think they might find it off-putting that I'm an image consultant as well. But do you know what? Most nine times out of 10, I'm like, sorry, this is just me. And I now have enough testimonials, case studies, evidence, clients behind me to endorse the fact that it doesn't matter that I'm an image consultant and a coach. The service I give produces results but it was a really hard knock. And, and it's one that I just, it, I mean, all these things, these knocks are, are hideous at the time, but my God, they just really help you to grow once you've, once you've licked your wounds and drunk loads of wine and eaten loads of chocolate to recover. <laughs> Uh, is it just so fascinating though and you you've absolutely perfectly described what so many of us go through in that you know something happens to us and you know our in, our initial reaction our immediate reaction is you know to to take a a, a, a big leap from that point mm. and make some changes to our business. Mm. So, you know, taking that situation and then creating a whole story around it about gosh you know, I, I'm, I'm just not good enough as I am. I need to make changes. And, and really, it was just one, one guy who made, one you know, opinion, made a comment. <laughs> built a whole website. <laughs> and yeah, but what, isn't I it mean, so common? Yeah, totally, totally. It is really common. And the thing is now, I just think, do you know what, though? I now see the fact that I do both sides of this, sort of the image consultancy and the coaching. Both of them actually benefit each other so much. And if somebody can't see that, that's fine. I I'm not saying you're stupid for not being able to see that. But then clearly I'm not the person for them. If they can't see the benefits of the whole, sort of the whole person, how you dress, how you feel, your confidence, how you behave, how you live your life, how you run the business you've got, how you... Um, support the message and the branding message of your whole company from who you are and how you dress etc 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 if they can't see the value in that then that's that's fine but then i'm obviously not the person for you i'm not going to go out and now i would now not go out and create another website to help to explain it to you because that's not what i do and this is what i do you take it or leave it and i'm not meaning to sound stroppy when i'm saying that all i'm meaning is i'm i'm trying to show the clarity i now have in my head and so that's what I say to myself. When I get that imposter syndrome, and, oh, I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. They just, I'm just obviously not the person for them. And that's okay. That is so perfect. The fact that you've come to that clarity and realization, oh my goodness, we could just bottle that and give that to the population. You know, it would just be incredible. But I think you're, you're, you're so right. And imposter syndrome is probably 
you know, one of the biggest things actually that, that I certainly see with clients and one of the biggest things I think we struggle with as business owners is that kind of feeling of, of, of you know, not being as good as, and, 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 you know, what you were saying about social media, really, you know, I love social media with a passion. I love, you know, being able to connect with people all around the world, but oh my goodness, it's one of the quickest routes to imposter syndrome because we look at people on social media in our industry. Um, and, and we, and obviously, you know, because this is what we do as Steve Bertick said, we compare Ooh. our um, behind the scenes with another person's front of house. And of course, we're always going to be lacking when we do that. But as long as we remember that all that stuff out there effectively is its image, it's what someone has crafted and created to represent their business. But it isn't necessarily, you know, what's going on underneath the water, as it were. No, and I, I mean, I have had, I mean, I, again, like I said, I've sort of, I've now, pr pr I'm pretty good now at having the clarity as to what I do and who I'm for and et cetera now. But social media, my, my um, experience um, going through social media and, and every day being on it and part of it and promoting on it, it's been a very, very, very confusing process because when I first started out on social media, I did what lots of, um, for want of a better word, influencers were doing. So I would post my outfits every day. And I remember talking to one influencer again, God, it's just awful. I mean, I just, I can't afford to keep buying all these clothes and I don't have time to go shopping because I'm actually doing my job. And so then how can I post something that's going to be interesting and, and getting my knickers and a token loss about it. And through the years, I realized that I, I am an influencer in the sense I know I have influence because I know that people value my advice. But I'm not an influencer in the sense of I'm not going to go out and just buy the latest fashion. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to go to every single event that all the other bloggers and Instagrammers go to. I don't have time. I don't live in London. I live to, it's like a five hour round trip for me to go to London. I, I have a job to do at home and that, and, and this isn't me being negative about them. That's their job. That's great. They, they do their job, but that's not what I do. But yet for so long, I thought I had to be doing that. And I felt rubbish that I wasn't getting the brilliant photographs because my god they're so hard to take <laughs> I mean honestly my house is quite old and I realize the lighting is just rubbish and I it, they just take so long and I just don't have time I have clients to see and I have people I have children and a home to run and that my job is that bit that's the bit that pays me that's the bit that I have to give the focus to so I can't spend ages making a photograph look beautiful and going to all these events because I don't have time to do it so Again, I've had to really, really be very clear and therefore kind to myself that I'm not going to grow on Instagram like other influencers have. I'm not going to have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers because I don't play the game. I can't play the game because it's not my game. My game is seeing clients and working with them they, and let them do their game. What I find so frustrating is that fashion brands don't recognize the value in working with people other than influencers and they don't realize the um how scary it is putting these influencers in the, in such strong positions of power and how much influence they have on people and what that then how how that influence then rolls out to their customer base and it's yeah i mean before you would have a um model um who is who's wearing the clothes and they look beautiful and the model is just literally there to wear the clothes now you have influencers so you have people who are invested in those people and, and follow what they say and the problem is is that if those people are not being responsible in the advice they give then it's scary because the the fallout of that is that people go and buy the clothes they are talking about they get home they try them on and it doesn't look right because actually it wasn't right for their body shape or wasn't right for their coloring. So that person feels rubbish about themselves. Um, they feel rubbish about the money they've wasted. They've then wasted time and effort going to get the items. So now they've got to take it all back. And then for the brand, they will then be saying, oh, well, that brand doesn't work for me. I've tried them, they don't work for me. So that brand has actually then lost that customer. And this is my big problem with, with fashion and using influencers too much today is that, that that as I see it from having done this job for so long now that's the fallout of of that kind of process of social media and influences sorry I've got on my soapbox <laughs> I'm so, you know, I've never I'm even so thought about that that's what I see every single day 
And I'm so passionate about it, and I get so frustrated. But I don't know, like a few years ago, I had a bit of a rant about this morning, the programme, using Rochelle Hume as a, um, a sort of celebrity stylist. And they got her on, and she was dressing up as normal women. And these women just looked rubbish, and they all looked miserable. I mean, they literally stood just, you could see they were slightly thinking, oh, what the hell am I wearing? I'm on national television. And it just made me so angry that they put a celebrity person, a person who is known for TV presenting and singing, in the position of choosing clothes and, and helping people feel good about themselves. And yet they would never put somebody, a celebrity, in the position of giving people skincare advice, because then if everybody followed that advice and, and their skin kept reacting and getting allergic to these products they'd recommended because they weren't qualified, then they, they'd have lawsuits coming out of their ears, whereas they feel it's fine to do that for fashion, forgetting that actually people will follow the advice. And then what happens to their self-esteem and their sense of self-worth when they follow the advice and it, and it didn't work for them? Because the advice was being given by somebody who isn't qualified. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> no, but you're, you're absolutely right. And it's the same as, you know, um, it's the difference you know, in a way, as a slight parallel, it's a difference between an agony aunt in a newspaper and a qualified coach or therapist. Yes, exactly that. Exactly. You've got to be careful who you put in a position of authority giving advice um, because people will follow it. And, and, I, and I kind of feel every day I'm picking up the pieces of all these people who've, who come into my studio and say, oh God, I bought that thing from Hush the other day because I saw... I don't know, cat farmer wearing it just looked absolute rubbish on me. And I just felt so like I can never find anything that works for me. And da, 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 da. And that's mm. so normal. Um, mm. That's my everyday. That's what happens every day. Yet these brands could do something about it. So yes. anyway, there we go. So take <laughs> note, fashion brands yes, listening exactly. to this little podcast. <laughs> well, while we're on this topic, Kate, I think it would be it would be remiss of me not to absolutely pick your brains for our listeners because I know you guys are out there sort of pens poised ready to soak up all the goodness that Kate has to offer in terms of her skill and experience as an image consultant and I know you know it's very hard to give tips when you're not in front of someone because that is a very bespoke and personal service but what are some of the mistakes that you think we as women tend to make when we're choosing how to dress to represent our business, for example, I'm thinking things like presentations, photo shoots, big meetings. What are some of the big mistakes that we make? Um, first of all, probably not knowing what colours look best on you, and and therefore not realising a how it how the light is reflecting onto your face, um, but b how that colour then looks on camera or when you're presenting. So it's really, really important to get the knowledge. Um, knowledge is power, knowledge is confidence, knowledge gives you clarity. So when you're doing a big presentation or photo shoot, the last thing you want to be having to stress about is wondering whether you look okay. Whereas if you know that you're wearing the right colors and cuts and styles, etc., then you then you that's one less thing you have to worry about. Yes, okay, you'll think about it and you'll plan it, but you won't be worrying about it because you know it works for you. So that would be the first thing I'd say is get get the knowledge, get taught. This is don't and don't feel you're a failure or you're being useless because you have to ask for help. Um, everybody has different skill sets, and not everybody knows or has an intrinsic knowledge on what looks best on them. Some people just don't like like some people know how to play a mute, can just pick up a musical instrument or sing, or can just cook. That's fine. It's in it's the same with fashion. Some people can just do fashion. Some people need more help. And it, you're not stupid or useless for needing to ask for help, but just don't keep scattergun shopping and scattergun styling if you don't actually know the nuts and bolts of what's going to work for you. So get knowledge is the first thing I'd say. That's fantastic tip. So get knowledge, get your colours done, find out what styles you know suit you best for your body shape and and, yeah. and and also the thing is i think these things change don't they we were talking about this separately before um offline weren't we kate but um as those of you that know me guys i've changed uh, my hair quite drastically in the last <laughs> couple of weeks having gone from a sort of um mid-brown natural curly hair to a darker brown 
very short, straight pixie cut. I don't think you can go <laughs> totally much different. more different uh, than that. But I was astounded about uh, that, even just that change in hair color, at how it made what I was wearing, I felt different in what I was wearing. And okay. so I had to think about shape and color again uh, um, yeah. and start to feel into w- what feels right for me now. Completely, completely. And I guess, and I, I do you now feel that the way you look now represents your brand values more clearly than how you looked before? I don't think the way I look necessarily represents my brand values any more or less, but I do feel different actually in myself. And I think um, sometimes, you know, this is one of those things that, you know, people always joke, don't they? When a woman, a woman goes and has a haircut, you know, she's about to make a huge change in her life because it, it, it quite often sort of predates doing something really big, like a change in career or, or relationships or marriage or, or whatever. That, and that's not the case for me. I'd just like to point that out. <laughs> um, I just fancied a change. Um, but I think it's, it actually can kind of shift you because it is it's quite a courageous thing to do you know as women our hair is very important to us however superficial it is at the end of the day you know as women our hair kind of is something that 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 we that we feel strongly about generally and so when we make a change like that it is quite a courageous or can be quite a courageous thing to do and I think that is when, when women do that and that you know and and use it as a way to start being brave in other areas so maybe trying a color that they wouldn't have worn before or wearing something that's a little bit more fitted to their body shape than baggy or I don't know I'm sure you've got lots more you know knowledge about this than me but it kind of feels like making a change like that can be something that kicks off a whole series of other changes in in women's totally. lives Totally. I mean, as women, we have to rebrand ourselves all the time. And I'm specifically saying women because men don't have to do it half as much. So as women, we have a rebrand when we um, first of all get pregnant. So then you then have another rebrand once you've had the baby and you are then at home, whether you're breastfeeding or not. Your, your body shape is different. You then have another rebrand once the kids are a bit older and they've gone to school. You then have another rebrand once maybe menopause starts to hit. You then have another rebrand when um, your children have left home. And so all these rebrands are essentially either forced upon us because our body shape has changed uh, due to hormones or childbirth, or our lifestyle has changed. Um, so having children or not having children or a change of career. There are so many factors that affect how we view ourselves and how we feel about ourselves and the way we dress and present ourselves all then gets tangled up in that and that's why um so many people come to see me when they are at a at a junction because they are going on to a new stage of of um their life and they just feel totally lost they're just like well I used to wear those kind of clothes but I don't have that job anymore so I can't wear that or I've been a stay-at-home mum for the past 12 years and now my children have left home and and now I don't know where I am anymore or whatever it is and and so my job is to help you to work out who you want to be what values you want to live by um, and how those are represented in how you're dressing. It's really important if you run your own business that you dress in a way that represents the brand values of your business because then you are going to be giving a very clear message to your customers about who you are, what your product is or what your service is because everything is in line with each other. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I go and do lots of presenting to businesses on that kind of thing. I once had one woman who was an artist whose art was really creative and really colorful and really loud and bold. And I said to her, so what are, you, what are your brand values? And she goes, oh, sort of, um, I think she said innovative and creative and colorful and whatever. And, she, and then looking at her, she was just wearing all black with no makeup on and no accessories. And I said, do you feel the way you look looks the same as it represents brand values? And she just said, I'd never even thought about it. And then she contacted me a few months later saying, yeah, okay, I've made a lot of changes and, and suddenly I'm now making more sales because everything just is in line with each other. And so it's, it's, really, it's really hard for women um, to have to keep rebranding themselves, but it's, it, is part of, it is part of the process of going through life. And, and my job is to help, is to make it easier for you, essentially. And, and, and that is just such an important, you know, 
service that I think we all need. I had my colours done. Oh gosh, I had my colours done about eight eight years ago, I think. Um, and it was a revelation to me. And I I had when I worked, you know, corporate side, I had I wore a lot of black, as a lot of women do in corporate life. So I wore, you know, I had three or four black suits and white shirts and you know the odd coloured scarf, and I felt quite comfortable with that. Um, but then when I saw what it looked like to have those colours against my skin on my face mm. and how washed out they made me look, um, even though I actually, when I went for my colours, I had, I had a little bit of, of tan. Um, it was in the summer. I had a bit of a, a tan slightly. And I looked so pale compared to some of the other colours that were put against my face. Um, some warm browns, coral, uh, yellow ochre, sort of some, some kinds of green, uh, la uh, sort of a, like a limey green. When, when the lady that did my colours put those against my skin, I looked like I'd been on holiday. Right. And I think it's, yeah. it's but, uh, but I think people are a little bit, sort of scared about kind of coming and getting this stuff done and worried. I think there's a lot of, maybe a lot of misconceptions about color analysis and image consulting that it's only for, you know, the rich and the famous and, but, you know, would you, would you sort of say that's not the case? What are your, what are some of the big misconceptions that you think there are about image? Well, yeah. So first of all, that one, so it's only for the rich and famous. Um, and my view on that is always, I always get everybody to do this whenever I'm presenting. I say to them, all right, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so I want you to go to your wardrobe and I want you to close your eyes. So in your head, you're looking at your wardrobe and I want you to start to take out the items in there that, that were a mistake, um, that you never wear or that don't fit you or um, you don't feel good in or you bought in a hurry or you bought for a particular event and now you don't wear. And I want you to start laying all of those items on your bed. And as you're laying them on the bed, I want you to start to remember how much each item cost. And when you get to 400 pounds of adding up all those items, put your hand up. And everybody <laughs> would put their hand up within a few seconds. I'm like, well, there you go. That's the cost of coming to see me to get it right. So yes, it's, a, it's an outlay. But actually, if you, if you add up how much money you're wasting on, getting, on not knowing what you're doing, it's a really sobering fact. And a lot of people don't have cash to burn. So spend it to get educated. Um, the, 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 the main thing is, though, is that I, when I set up my business, obviously, as anybody wants to do when they are um, self-employed, is to be booked up. And what I found the challenge has been is that I'm now so booked up that nobody can, it takes about four months for people to get an appointment with me, which is obviously lovely, but actually my main reason why I do what I do is because I want to help people. So when somebody phones me and has plucked up the courage enough to phone me to want to come and see me, and I say, oh, well, I'm really sorry, you can't see me for four months, that feels rubbish to me. It feels really unsatisfying. And so what I've now done is created an online membership where people can get as much of my advice as possible, but online. So I've created a whole series of styling videos where people can watch videos with me presenting, talking about how you can work out what color group you belong to, and these are the colors that are gonna work for you if you're in that group, and these are the different body shapes, and this is what to do if you've got a full bust, and this is what to do if you've, if you've got short legs. I go through all the different, different areas, different challenging areas. And then also give advice about how you can create a capsule wardrobe and how you can update your um, wardrobe for the new season or how you can accessorize. And I also do it like a live question and answer session each month or twice a month. I've now got so many members, I've now had to do twice a month. Um, people can ask me questions. And so I've done this because it, it's my way of making it much more accessible to people. Um, they, can, they can do it from their own home, but also it's at a fraction of the cost of coming to see me. So I've tried to make it much more accessible because yes, like I said, I'm very aware it is price sensitive and it's sensitive to who can actually come and see me. Although I do have people now who, I mean, I've had one woman who came from New York to see me. I felt honestly the, the pressure to deliver I was so big. But, um, but yeah, I'm very aware of that. I'm very aware that for some people, 400 pounds is just completely out of their, out of their comfort zone, even if they know they've spent that on, on things that they've, they no longer wear so that's why I created the membership to try and make it more accessible and to give them the information they want without them having to wait so long to see me and that's such a fantastic thing that you've done and we will get all the details of the membership 
that Kate runs in the show notes, guys. So don't worry. I know that often you're listening to the podcast in the gym or while you're out taking a walk, walking the dog or, you know, driving somewhere. So you haven't got, you know, pen and paper to hand. So don't worry. As always, all the show notes will be at michellereevescoaching.com forward slash listen for this and all the other episodes. So we can make sure we get all the links for Kate's services there for you. Kate, um, let me just ask you a bit more of a personal question. Thinking about, you know, you've talked about as all of us, you know, who are working uh, parents, you know, we've got kids and we've got our business and we're running a home. What are some <clears> of the <throat> daily practices or habits that you have that help you to stay productive and positive? Oh, I've got so many. <laughs> um, so the first thing I do, if anybody doesn't know about Dr. Chatterjee, I would really recommend you listen to him. He's written amazing books and he has a podcast as well. Um, do you know him? Do you know I do. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I do. Amazing. Amazing. So he's a GP for those who don't know, and he's become a real expert in helping you to live a more healthy and balanced life. Anyway, one of the things he recommends um, is you do a daily mantra. Um, and if you are feeding your brain a constant thought pattern for a very intense short period of time, it really, really helps you to reprogram your brain. So I start my day with my mantra of what I, um, it might be a mantra that, I mean, my mantra, I've had the same one now for about the past month and it's really, really working. It's really helped me shift the way I view myself or whatever the problem is I'm trying to get over so I start with my daily mantra so it could be something really simple um, part of my daily mantra is I make time for myself because I'm a bit rubbish about doing that so now if I ever get a spare 10 minutes in my day instead of thinking oh, I better check my emails I will now go make a cup of tea and sit and just sit and just drink my tea Whew, to reboot so that's really helping me uh, the next one is I have my vision board that I um, create probably every six months I rehash it. And it's a, basically a board that I do with every client and I do one for myself. It's essentially like a PowerPoint sort of slide and on it has got imagery of the things that I want to have in my life that make me feel like my life is going the way I want it to go. So it might be clients who I want to be working with. It might be a holiday I want to be taking. It might be um, a hobby I want to take up it might be a picture of a clock meaning I make more time whatever it is and I remind myself every day of what my vision is so that it kind of is a bit of a reminder of what's this all for what am I aiming for what am I doing it just helps me keep me in check um I have a discipline diary which I again I have mapped out when I see clients when I'm doing all the background stuff to my business when I have time for me and when I have time to do all my family stuff so again, sorry. Um, again, I've got that to really kind of keep me in check. I also have a bullet journal where I write down all my to-do list. So I, every time I open the double page, on one side of the page, on one side, on the left-hand side is all my work to-do list, and on the other side of the page is my home to-do. And at the beginning of the week, I write the to-do list, and then I will highlight the things I have to do that day, and then. The next day, I will highlight the things I have to do that day in a different color. So it just really helps to keep you focused on what you're having to get done. Um, and I hang out with radiators, meaning I hang out with people who bring me energy, who inspire me, who make me feel good. I'm not meaning that everybody I ever see is always feeling fabulous and never having a problem. I'm just meaning that they just, they don't sap me. They're, they're not a drain. They, they, um, they get me, they appreciate me, I appreciate them. They are brilliant at what they do, they inspire me. And so those are the people I want to have around me. Um, so yeah, there you go. Those are my six tips. <laughs> oh, I, I love all of those guys. I will make sure that there are links in the show notes to Dr. Chatterjee. Um, don't forget, if you want to create a vision board, I've done an episode all about that with a freebie where you can download um, a, a complete sort of workbook and ebook to create your own vision board. That's episode 27, but I will put the link to that in the show notes as well. Some fantastic tips there from Kate. So do make sure that you are focusing on what's most important to you, both in the long term for your life and work towards that, but also day to day. What are the things you want to get done? But remember, do not pile too much on yourself. I know one of my mantras is 
what are my three big things today? What are the three big rocks I want to crush? And then we will get to the pebbles because we can always get to the pebbles later down the line. It's so easy otherwise to get stuck into all the nice little easy things on our to-do list, I find. And then we never quite get round to, to getting those big rocks crushed. So that would be my, that's my little tip that I always try and remind myself. And I guess, and mantras are really important as well. And my mantra is, um, I've got a couple actually that I, I have, I change them from time to time but just at the moment my two mantras I am strong and focused I am clear and disciplined so there you go oh those are that's good ones the, that, that's the one for me all about clarity I am all about the clarity as, as as everyone on listening knows Kate it's just been so amazing to have you on the show I could chat to you for literally hours about everything that you do because it absolutely fascinates me um, and, and you are such an expert in your area. Um, but if people listening do want to find out a bit more about how they can connect with you, just give us the lay down on where they can do that. Instagram, Facebook, your membership, give us all the details. <laughs> so Instagram, I'm Kate Evans Style. Um, Facebook, I'm Kate Evans Image Consultant. Very snappy, <laughs> not. Um, the, my website is uh, kate-evans.co.uk and you can get all details of the membership um, on there. You can also watch, if you don't want to join the membership but still get access to all the styling videos that I include in the membership, you can also watch those. Um, uh, you can get access to them on my website as well. Um, so yeah, those are the three areas that you can um, contact me on. Fantastic. And yes, I should put all of those in the show notes to michellereescoaching.com forward slash listen as always, guys. Kate, it's been my pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks Thank so much you. for coming on today. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely to talk to you. So there you have it, my interview with image consultant and lovely friend Kate Evans. I know it's super indulgent for me to invite a pal onto the show, but I hope you'll agree that Kate shared wisdom and inspiration in spades. I really hope you enjoyed it and you made a ton of notes. I definitely did. Do leave me a comment or drop me a note on Facebook or Instagram and let me know what your favourite part of this interview was and what resonated with you. I love reading your comments and I do reply personally, so get in touch. And that's it for me today. So thank you so much for tuning in. I know your time is valuable and I really appreciate you taking the time to join me. I'll be back with another episode soon, but before I go, I would love for you to join us in the Ideal Life Club Facebook community, a supportive space I've created on Facebook for ambitious women who want to grow themselves as well as their business. To find out more and join us, head over to michellereevescoaching.com forward slash Ideal Life Club. And finally, if you liked this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would comment, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. It really does mean that more amazing women will be able to find the show. In the meantime, until next time, be positive, be powerful, be productive and keep fast tracking your ideal life. Bye for now.